welcome to the AK-47 podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey, and today is March 1st, which in Bulgaria is a, sort of a holiday, Chistita Baba Marta, for anybody who's out there who's Bulgarian. Uh, the Bulgarians tend to say that March is a woman's month because apparently the weather is rather unpredictable. In the United States, this is also the first day of what is referred to as Women's History Month, where various federal institutions dedicate their resources to studying the contributions of women to American history. And most importantly, we are coming up on International Women's Day, which is March 8th. And the piece that I'm going to read today from Alexandra Kolontai, which she wrote in 1920, is actually called International Women's Day. And it's a little bit of information about the history of this very important socialist holiday for women. I'm going to read probably half of the essay today and the other half on Women's Day or right before Women's Day. Uh, hopefully I can do it in two episodes. Maybe it'll take three, but I would like to have it done by March 8th. So I'm actually a little behind. But before I actually jump into the Alexandra Kolontai piece for today on Women's Day and the history of Women's Day, I'd like to make a couple of really important announcements about a variety of events and lectures that I'm going to be doing this month. I will leave information about these virtual events, which anybody can attend in the show notes for this episode. But I also want to start by saying Goodreads is giving away, if you're in the United States, a couple of, co I think five copies or some copies of my paperback book, Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism. So if you're interested in getting a free copy, you can sign up for that there. I'll leave a link in the notes as well. On March 5th, I'm doing a conference presentation on infrastructures of solidarity, East-South alliances during the UN decade for women between 1975 and 1985. That's a conference being hosted by the Bartlett School of Architecture at University College London. Then on March 7th, something I'm really excited about, the Democratic Socialists of America, uh, the International Committee, together with the Socialist Feminist Working Group, and the new Lux magazine are hosting a panel called Love and Sex Behind the Iron Curtain, 20th Century State Socialism in Eastern Europe. I'm doing that together with two of my colleagues, three of my colleagues actually from Eastern Europe, women who work on love and sexuality in the former state socialist countries of Czechoslovakia, Poland, and Russia. On March 9th, I am giving a keynote lecture on the socialist history of International Women's Day at the University of Kansas. That's an online event. You can register for that event by using the link in the show notes. That's going to be really exciting. I wrote a special lecture on the history just for this, and I'll be talking about the ways in which sort of Cold War competition helped fuel the women's rights movement in the United States. On March 11th, I am doing a guest lecture at the Center for History at Sciences Po in Paris. I'm supposed to be a visiting researcher there this whole month. I'm technically still visiting, but I'm visiting virtually because I can't actually go to Paris. They won't let me in. And so this wonderful opportunity that I had to be in Paris for a month has been 
postponed indefinitely. Uh, so I'm just, you know, giving my lectures online. And I'm giving a lecture called State Socialist Women's Organizations and Their Role During the UN Decade for Women. That's on March 11th. And then on March 16th, the New York Writers Institute is going to stream an interview that I've already recorded with Bhaskar Sunkara, who is the author of The Socialist Manifesto. So lots of stuff going on. I have a few other things lined up for the end of the month, which I will announce later. But those are the five big ones that I have going on right now. And I'm going to be doing a couple of interviews with Revolutionary Left Radio, and I'm doing some guest lectures in various classes. So it's going to be a really busy month for me, as it should be, given that it is International Women's Day on March 8th and Women's History Month in the United States. And this is a time when a lot of people are really thinking about women's history And I get really annoyed nowadays in the United States where corporations and liberal feminists are trying to co-opt International Women's Day as some sort of like corporate event and um, erase its socialist history. So I'm really excited about being able to go out there and do these events and sort of really talk about the importance of this holiday. So that brings me to today's piece. International Women's Day by Alexandra Kolontai. This is something that she wrote uh, in 1920, as I said, and she's reflecting on the importance of this holiday three years into the founding of the Soviet Union. So the first section of this essay is called A Militant Celebration. Women's Day, or Working Women's Day, is a day of international solidarity and a day for reviewing the strength and organization of proletarian women. But it is not a special day for women alone. The 8th of March is a historic and memorable day for the workers and peasants, for all the Russian workers and for the workers of the whole world. In 1917, on this day, the Great February Revolution broke out. It was the working women of St. Petersburg, who began this revolution. It was they who first decided to raise the banner of opposition to the Tsar and his associates. And so Working Women's Day is a double celebration for us. Just a quick aside here, because Tsarist Russia used the old Julian calendar, February 23rd was the day of the February Revolution, but in the West that day was actually March 8th. And so sometimes that gets a little confusing. All right. Back to Kolontai. But if this is a general holiday for the proletariat, why do we call it Women's Day? Why then do we hold special celebrations and meetings aimed above all at the women workers and the peasant women? Doesn't this jeopardize the unity and solidarity of the working class? To answer these questions, we have to look back and see how Women's Day came about and for what purpose it was organized. How and why? was Women's Day organized. Not very long ago, in fact, about 10 years ago, the question of women's equality and the question of whether women could take part in government alongside men was being hotly debated. The working class in all capitalist countries struggled for the rights of working women. The bourgeoisie did not want to accept these rights. It was not in the interest of the bourgeoisie to strengthen the vote of the working class in parliament, and in every country they hindered the passing of laws that gave the right to working women. Socialists in North America insisted upon their demands for the vote with particular persistence. 
On the 28th of February, 1909, the Women's Socialists of the USA organized huge demonstrations and meetings all over the country demanding political rights for working women. This was the first Women's Day. The initiative on organizing a Women's Day thus belongs to the working women of America. In 1910, at the Second International Conference of Working Women, Clara Zetkin brought forward the question of organizing an International Working Women's Day. The conference decided that every year, in every country, they should celebrate on the same day a Women's Day under the slogan, The Vote for Women Will Unite Our Strength in the Struggle for Socialism. During these years, the question of making Parliament more democratic, i.e. of widening the franchise and extending the vote to women, was a vital issue. Even before the First World War, the workers had the right to vote in all bourgeois countries except Russia. Only women, along with the insane, remained without these rights. Yet at the same time, the harsh reality of capitalism demanded the participation of women in the country's economy. Every year there was an increase in the number of women who had to work in the factories and workshops, or as servants and charwomen. Women worked alongside men and the wealth of the country was created by their hands, but women remained without the vote. But in the last years before the war, the rise in prices forced even the most peaceful housewife to take an interest in questions of politics and to protest loudly against the bourgeoisie's economy of plunder. Housewives' uprisings became increasingly frequent, flaring up at different times in Austria, England, France, and Germany. The working woman understood that it wasn't enough to break up the stalls at the market or threaten the odd merchant. They understood that such action doesn't bring down the cost of living. You have to change the politics of the government. And to achieve this, the working class has to see that the franchise is widened. It was decided to have a Women's Day in every country as a form of struggle in getting working women to vote. And this day was to be a day of international solidarity in the fight for common objectives and a day for reviewing the organized strength of working women under the banner of socialism. The First International Women's Day The decision taken at the Second International Congress of Socialist Women was not left on paper. It was decided to hold the First International Women's Day on the 19th of March in 1911. This date was not chosen at random. Our German comrades picked the day because of its historic importance for the German proletariat. On the 19th of March, in the year of the 1848 revolution, the Prussian king recognized for the first time the strength of the armed people and gave way before the threat of a proletarian uprising. Among the many promises he made, which he later failed to keep, was the introduction of votes for women. After January 11th, efforts were made in Germany and Austria to prepare for Women's Day. They made known the plans for a demonstration both by word of mouth and in the press. During the week before Women's Day, two journals appeared, The Vote for Women in Germany and Women's Day in Austria. The various articles devoted to Women's Day, Women and Parliament, The Working Women and Municipal Affairs, What Has the Housewife Got to Do with Politics, etc., analyzed thoroughly the question of the equality of women in the government and in society. All the articles emphasized the same point, that it was absolutely necessary to make Parliament more democratic by extending the franchise to women. The first International Women's Day took place in 1911. 
Its success succeeded all expectation. Germany and Austria on Working Women's Day was one seething, trembling sea of women. Meetings were organized everywhere, in the small towns, and even in the villages' halls were packed so full that they had to ask male workers to give up their places for the women. This was certainly the first show of militancy by the working woman. Men stayed home with their children for a change, and their wives, the captive housewives, went to meetings. During the largest street demonstrations, in which 30,000 were taking part, the police decided to remove the demonstrators' banners. The women workers made a stand. In the scuffle that followed, bloodshed was averted only with the help of the socialist deputies in Parliament. In 1913, International Women's Day was transferred to the 8th of March. This day has remained the Working Women's Day of Militancy. Is Women's Day necessary? Women's Day in America and Europe had amazing results. It's true that not a single bourgeois parliament thought of making concessions to the workers or of responding to the women's demands, for at that time the bourgeoisie was not threatened by a socialist revolution. But Women's Day did achieve something. It turned out, above all, to be an excellent method of agitation among the less political of our proletarian sisters. They could not help but turn their attention to the meetings, demonstrations, posters, pamphlets, and newspapers that were devoted to Women's Day. Even the politically backward working woman thought to herself, this is our day, the festival for working women, and she hurried to the meetings and demonstrations. After each working woman's day, more women joined the socialist parties and the trade unions grew. Organizations improved and political consciousness developed. Women's day served yet another function. It strengthened the international solidarity of the workers. The parties in different countries usually exchange speakers for this occasion. German comrades go to England, English comrades go to Holland, etc. The international cohesion of the working class has become strong and firm, and this means that the fighting strength of the proletariat as a whole has grown. These are the results of Working Women's Day of Militancy. The Day of Working Women's Militancy helps increase the consciousness and the organization of proletarian women. And this means that its contribution is essential to the success of those fighting for a better future for the working class. The Russian working woman first took part in Working Women's Day in 1913. This was a time of reaction when Tsarism held the workers and peasants in its vice like a grip. There could be no thought of celebrating Working Women's Day by open demonstrations, but the organized working women were able to mark their international day. Both the legal newspapers of the working class, the Bolshevik Pravda and the Menshevik Luch, carried articles about International Women's Day. They carried special articles, portraits of some of those taking part in the working women's movement, and greetings from comrades such as Bebel and Zetkin. Here, Clara Zetkin is obviously the head of the German women's movement, and August Bebel is a member of the German parliament representing the Social Democratic Party of Germany, who is a big advocate for women's rights and the author of a very important book called Women and Socialism. All right, back to Kolontai. In those bleak years, meetings were forbidden. But in Petrograd, those women workers who belonged to the party organized a public forum on the women question. Entrance was five kopecks. This was an illegal meeting, but the hall was absolutely packed. Members of the party spoke. But this animated closed meeting had hardly finished when the police, 
alarmed at such proceedings, intervened and arrested many of the speakers. It was of great significance for the workers of the world that the women of Russia, who lived under Tsarist repression, should join in and somehow manage to acknowledge with actions International Women's Day. This was a welcome sign that Russia was waking up and the Tsarist prisons and gallows were powerless to kill the workers' spirit of struggle and protest. In 1914, Women Workers' Day in Russia was better organized. Both the workers' newspapers concerned themselves with the celebration. Our comrades put a lot of effort into the preparation of Women Workers' Day. Because of police intervention, they didn't manage to organize a demonstration. Those involved in the planning of Women Workers' Day found themselves in the Tsarist prisons, and many were later sent to the cold north. For the slogan for the working women's vote had naturally become, in Russia, an open call for the overthrow of the Tsarist autocracy. All right, I'm going to stop there, and I will pick up in the next episode for the second half of this essay, which begins with a section called Women Workers' Day During the Imperialist War, where Kolontai starts to discuss the importance of International Women's Day for the pacifist movement during World War I. But until then, uh, I want to say happy March 1st to everyone out there as we get ready for March 8th and International Women's Day and celebrate Women's History Month. I hope you all will find ways to mark the occasions and celebrate the socialist history of, of, of Women's Day and, you know, various things that happen during this month. Because I really do feel strongly that they shouldn't be white. These holidays shouldn't be whitewashed by, you know, liberal feminists like I think Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi are actually doing an event on International Women's Day, which is being moderated by Chrissy Teigen. I can't think of a more sort of sanitized version of IWD than that. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Please do go down into the show notes and find the links for the various events that I'm doing together with my colleagues or on my own. Join us for the DSA event on the 7th of March, which is next Sunday. And please keep up the good fight. Oh,